This is the Rich Eisen Show. Blasted. Blasted. <laughs> With guest host, Andrew Siciliano. You know, one last thing on Josh Dobbs. Dobbs back to pass on third down. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. He is basically making his career as the, well, man, we're out of options. We need you quarterback. Earlier on the show, co-host of FanDuel TV's Run It Back. Michelle Beadle. Coming up, Pro Football Hall of Famer Charles Woodson. NFL Network Analyst Brian Baldinger. And now, sitting in for Rich, it's Andrew Siciliano. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're doing well. That was a rhetorical. What's going on, everybody? Breaking news out of Nashville. Will Levis, no shocker, is your starting (laughs) quarterback. For the Tennessee Titans, this, according to one Mike Vrabel, on the podium as we speak. The Titans, when last we saw Will Levis, were losing to the Steelers on TNF to open up week nine. This week, they're on the road in Tampa against the fighting Baker Mayfields. Will Levis, your new starting quarterback for the foreseeable future for the Tennessee Titans. So did he say that? Did Vrabel say it was for the season, or is it just this week? He's still talking. We are still trying to parse those sentences. Hello, Chris Brockman. Hello, Hello Jason. Hello, TJ. What's up, Andrew? Happy Tuesday to you and yours. I say a positive Tuesday. Um, Will Levis Levis can play, man. Will Levis can play. I say a positive Tuesday. We're trying to keep it positive. Positive. Because this is Rich's show and Rich's chair, and Rich was with us from Germany about an hour ago. And uh, he had trouble staying positive, understandably, as a Jets fan, watching what happened last night. A Charger victory, 27-6. A Charger victory in which Justin Herbert threw for only 136 yards. They had less than 200 yards of total offense. They went on the road and won with those numbers because Zach Wilson of the Jets offense was, was giving Troy Aikman headaches. That's a nice way to say it. Like, it was as close to I've 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 heard Troy basically jumping through the TV saying, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> anyway, I digress. We mentioned earlier that MGM Plus is debuting, along with NFL Films, a new episode of NFL Icons this Saturday. It is an honor, always have, always is, to have the Super Bowl champion, the Hall of Famer, a Michigan man on the program, the subject of the latest NFL icons, Charles Woodson. It's great to see you, man. Man, great to see you too, man. How you doing? We're doing well. And I, and I love what you said as you opened up this piece. Rich, by the way, narrates it, which makes it even better. <laughs> Fellow Michigan man. Charles, you say, right. I've, I've done a lot of things that nobody's done at the beginning of the piece, right? From, from win a Heisman to win a Super Bowl to get a gold jacket. Now you're a winemaker. Fantastic wine, by the way. Bourbon, I'm told as well now. Is there anything you haven't done yet that you want to do? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I don't play anymore, man. I would have liked to, <laughs> to have won another Super Bowl. That would have been nice. <laughs> but I guess I had to settle for the one. <laughs> there isn't like, I want to be an astronaut. Like, I want to climb Everest. There isn't anything like that? No, nah, no. Nah, I've seen what happened to people that climb Mount Everest, and I don't want any parts of that. Um you know what I, I, I do want to do? And, and, you know, a couple of years ago, my, my wife bought me a guitar and I, I started kind of, you know, playing around with it, but I haven't really, you know, dug into it. I got to learn how to play the guitar, man. I, I got to do that at some point. So I tried that years ago. I moved to L.A. in uh, 2000, Charles. I didn't know anyone. I had a little apartment in the valley. I had a job that made me get up at three in the morning every day and literally had nothing to do. So I went and bought a guitar. But that was like before the whole YouTube lessons thing. And I didn't want to go do a lesson. Yeah. And I tried to teach myself and it was it was awful. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to do it on your own, man. You definitely need a teacher. Um, do you have a golf club on right now? Are we interrupting a golf game? No, no, I'm in the car, man. I actually got to my son's school early because I wanted to be stationary, you know, for when he gets out of school and just to make sure I'm I'm, I'm right here where I am, I'm at right now so I can be ready for the show. Beautiful. I, I thought I saw a golf club car, there. Car, 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 car pickup, man. Yeah, no, no. Hey, no, you're a good dad. I want to go back to the NFL <laughs> icons piece, which which anyone, everyone should check it out coming up on Saturday. Charles, this is like the best interview setup I have seen. Charles, where were you sitting for this sit down 
I was at the um, Dr. Phillips. Uh, I was downtown Orlando. That is I think wild. It's Do- Dr. Phillips, yeah, Dr. Phillips Art Center uh, downtown. So yeah, it was beautiful, beautiful setup, man, and uh, great time sitting down and doing that interview, man. Very, very proud to be a part of uh, Icons. Because I saw it, I'm like, dude, is that your house? <laughs> yeah, I wish. Is that the winery? Like, that's bonkers. No, no. Yeah, hey, that was, uh, like I said, downtown Orlando. They were gracious enough to host us and let us use that facility. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. Talking to the great Charles Woodson. Charles, what do you think of what Travis Hunter is doing in Colorado? Yeah, it's amazing, man. Uh, you know, I get asked all the time, you know, you know, how is he going to, you know, hold up or can he continue to do it? And my answer is always that, you know, if you're just going to, you know, guard people and have to, you know, turn and, you know, run with the receivers or if you're playing receivers and you're just running routes, like he can do that all day. That's just about endurance. And so that's no problem. But when you're playing 120 plus snaps, you know, at some point it's just a game, you know, that'll get to you because you're going to have, you know, you're going to play better opponents. You're going to have guys who are better at tackling and, and, and getting to you. You're going to have better opponents at being able to, you know, run better routes. You're going to have to tackle bigger running backs. And so the game at some point takes its toll when you're playing that many snaps. But to watch him, the way he moves out there as a receiver, you know, he understands, you know, how to get open, how to sit down in zones. And then defensively, just making plays, you know, all over the field. He shows his athleticism every time he's out there. So I, I, I am, you know, amazed that he's – and he's doing it every game. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, I, I was doing, um, you know, another show a co- couple of weeks ago. And people talking about me being a, a, a two-way player. I'm like, no, he's a two-way player. I, I, I just, I just dibbled and dabbled a little bit on offense, but he, he's, he's actually an offense and defensive player. So, definitely impressed with with what he's done so far. And Charles, do you think we will ever see the day where someone tries to do that, or rather, a an organization, a coaching staff, has the faith to try to do that with whether it's Travis or somebody else at the NFL level? Now, you know, I, I won't say never. You know, I'm sure someone will say, hey, you know, we got a great athlete. Let's let's let them play both sides of the ball. But like I said, man, the NFL, it's one thing to do it in college, but the NFL is just a totally different level. And if you're going to try to play each snap on both sides of the ball, you know, like be a starter on both sides, I don't think that's happening. It's just going to wear you down. You know, I, I think your career will be very short. You know, maybe you could do it for a year, maybe maybe two. But your career won't be uh, won't last very long. All right, let's get to the Raiders here. I saw you during the preseason broadcast, intercept wines and the bourbon brand of the preseason games, and that was fun. And and then the season started, and then everything kind of went downhill. Charles, have you ever seen a team smoke victory cigars and celebrate after a Week Nine game? <laughs> I've never done that. That that is about as old school as you can get. You know, I would imagine that the old Raiders back in the 70s and 80s probably did that. Uh, but no, I have never witnessed that, have never seen that. Uh, but look, nonetheless, I was excited for the Raiders. Now, you could see the energy, you know, that those guys had after that victory. You can see the energy before the game, you know, the way they were reacting to Antonio Pierce, their new, you know, their interim head coach. Um, I was just excited to see them guys playing good football and having fun because it didn't seem like they were having fun the first half of this season. How bad was it? Yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, you, you could just watch the, the body language of those guys. I mean, you know, you had Devontae Adams in, in press conferences, you know, you know, voicing his frustration after wins. You know, you watch Hunter Winfro, a guy who two years ago had over 100 catches and he's nowhere to be found. Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing last year, and he couldn't get going. Um, you know, this this thing was it was it was falling apart. It was melting, and Mark Davis decided he had to make a decision. And uh, you know, at least for one game, it was the right decision. But I think it was something you know that he had to do. I think when people or or, or guys in that locker room when they lose faith in the coach, when they stop buying what you're selling, it's over. And uh, Mark Davis read the room, and he, he made a decision to move on, and I think it was the right decision for this team. In your NFL icons piece, obviously Tom Brady makes an appearance. We all saw the NFL films thing a couple of years ago where you talk about the tuck roll game and all that nonsense. Did Mark consult you or Tom 
before making the move? No, you know, didn't didn't consult me. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, Mark quite a bit, uh, but we didn't talk before this move was made. I'm not sure about Tom. I know Tom is is eyeing, you know, partnership. So maybe that was a conversation, you know, that he had with Tom. But, uh, you know, I don't know that half of it. But, uh, no, I didn't talk to him before this move was made. All right. I got to ask you about Michigan. I'm sorry. I know how Rich feels. I, I know how Desmond Howard feels. I think I know how you feel because I know how the Michigan community feels. You guys are kind of backed into the corner right now. What's your take on Harbaugh and some dude named Connor Stallions and taping and tickets and, and all that? Well, the way that, uh, you know, I've answered this question is that, you know, I don't, I, I couldn't believe or wouldn't believe that Jim would go through those lengths you know, to, to, you know, try to steal other people's signs. I just think that was an elaborate operation that I just don't believe that he would have done. I, I would never say that they weren't trying to take signs. I don't know. I think every team, you know, has, um, you know, someone uh, around their organization that is tasked with trying to, Hey, if you can, you can marry up a sign with the call on the field, you do it. I just don't believe they went through those great lengths. Um, and now, you know, we, we have today, you have, um, you know, some anonymous source coming out talking about all of the other Big Ten schools that were doing it. So, look, man, there's a lot of people pointing fingers, but on some level, everyone is trying to you find the other team's signs, especially if you're on the sideline holding up cards or, if you you know, every time you line up for a play, the quarterback has to turn and look at the sideline and get the call. So, it, look. Everybody's trying to do it. Uh, we we seem to be the one who, who everyone is attacking right now. But like you said, we're backed into a corner. We'll come out fighting, and I, I you know I, I'm sure they'll 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 try to levy some type of punishment. But I think we'll be fine. How do you punish though w- without making the kids the victims? Isn't that always the problem with college football? It's like oh we're going to hammer the program. Great. Well, it's the kids who suffer. Oh no, Charles froze. All right, try to get Charles back here. And that's the issue with any college punishment, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to pull scholarships. Great. Well, you're, you're taking academic opportunities. You're taking scholarships away right. from guys that may have had, in all likelihood, had nothing to do sure. with any of this. Mm-hmm. It hurts the program, obviously. Like SC lost all those scholarships for the Pete Carroll stuff or the Reggie Bush stuff, whatever you want to call it, that NCAA investigation, which if you go back and read it, like go back and read the 75 pages of the SC investigation from what was it 15 years ago um you you just laugh out loud at it now (laughs) it's it's the most minor of nil deals right all that stuff literally seems silly it's like mom and reggie reggie's parents got flown to a game on southwest oh well, what about Terrell Pryor and the Ohio State guys and all the tattoos and stuff like that? Sure. Seems, that seems ridiculous. Like now. the SC thing, there are three student-athletes mentioned, not named. Student-athlete one, two, and three. One of them's clearly O.J. Mayo. and I mean, right. yeah, there was probably a bag of cash there. Yeah. All right. Athlete number two is a tennis player, a woman's tennis player from somewhere in Eastern Europe. She was calling her, her parents back home in Eastern Europe on like a university desk phone using like the the long distance codes right that's student athlete number two mm-hmm. which by the way um full disclosure at syracuse we knew the someone's long distance code we we made long distance calls to our families yeah we all kind from of, the student radio station back in the 90s it got billed to some other department yeah, we all kind of sorry did i did stuff it. like yep. that a didn't have a cell bit. phone that's how we called home you yep know? But yeah, what you said kind of hit the nail on the head. It's always going to affect the kids who probably hadn't definitely had nothing to do with whatever the school was getting kind of knocked for. And yet these are the kids who have to pay for, you know, the sins of the people that came before them. And that never really sat right with me, to be honest. Yeah, with you. It, it never is fair. They're the ones who who pay the price and they're the ones who TJ, when they go to the combine, are going to get asked, hey, so uh, you had a sack there. Right? Did you did, know? Did you know yep. it was a boot? He was coming back to your side. You you didn't get tricked. You well, went straight up field. Well, yeah, yeah. you walked I, right into it, didn't you? I knew because yeah. we 
somebody scouted it and we saw it so we knew right that's the proper answer hey jj mccarthy did you know where the blitz was coming from so you ripped that ball up the seam right there right did you guys cheat no i read the defense okay you probably did but those are the questions those kids are now going to ask okay trying to get charles back we're going to get him back here coming up shortly and what he was referring to was that there's a story that came out last night that says that uh, one Big Ten coach mm-hmm. has... Let's get Charles back here. Charles, thanks for taking the time to rejoin us here and just fill yep. into the blanks for what you were saying before. The story came out last night that a, a coach from somewhere else in the Big Ten sent to the conference um, and it sent to Michigan last year, hey, we know that somebody has stolen your signs and that that's getting passed around so that someone's trying to do it to you so to your point okay well we haven't seen enough proof that they did it i don't know the gym did it but the fact is other people are doing other things as well yeah on some level everyone is doing it i mean i i remember hearing and this is not you know someone stealing signs but when you talk about colorado when they played oregon you know earlier this year and and, and Dion came out and said he heard of other coaches that were sending oregon you know, information on their team. So on some level, all of that stuff is going on. My stance was I just don't believe that Jim went through those links to do it. Now, if, you know, the, the, the Connor guy was out there doing that on, on some level and maybe talking to another person on the staff, I don't know that. I just don't believe Jim knew that. What's the um, craziest sign-stealing story you have from the NFL anything yeah only 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 Spygate I mean that's that's the you know that's the most obvious one from 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 uh you know everyone that though they were you know spying on the practice or whatnot but or like I said on some level you know we would always try to watch the, the TV copy you know as a defense trying to see if we can hear something that the other team was saying when we can mar- married up with a sign so Look, everyone is is trying to get that edge. Um, yeah, sure. Can, can you go too far if you're planting cameras or something like that? Sure. But everybody's trying to get the edge on the other team. What's the best part about being a winemaker? Man, I think for me, it's it's you know the feedback that I get from you know people who love wine and people who try my product. I think it's the you know the the, the reaction you know that I'll get from someone who. You know, doesn't know that it's it's my my name on the label, and they're just trying it, and then all of a sudden figuring figuring out that it's my wine, and saying, "Man, this is excellent wine." So for them to enjoy it without knowing it's mine, that's the best part about being in this business. I was telling the guys before he came on, go back to the Minneapolis Super Bowl, Minneapolis, I think. Yeah, got a bottle of your wine, Intercept wine, and I had it, and I tasted it before, like maybe the night before. Then I got my hands on the bottle, and I'm like. All right, I got to take this home. Charles, I don't check bags. I refuse to check bags, right? Yeah, yeah. For those of us who travel yeah. a lot, like, there's no way I'm wasting another half hour and checking my bag. Like, I checked a bag. <laughs> Your wine was that good, man. <laughs> like, I put it in my bag and I put it under the plane. I got to take it home. I like that. That's the, the stamp of approval, man. I love that. Bam. And now See, it's, that's, the be- that's, the be- that's the best part of the business right there yeah. is hearing stories like that. And final thought. Now it, you're making bourbon. Tell me about that. Yeah, make, making bourbon is called Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. And for anyone who would, you know, like to check it, check out our website, go to woodsonwhiskey.com. But uh, myself and, uh, you know, and, and my partners, we started this business about three years ago. It's a Kentucky bourbon uh, coming out of uh, Owensboro, Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, so we, we've been doing that for a while. We just became the official uh, bourbon of the Las Vegas Raiders. So Damn. if you attend, attend the game there, we got a great – uh, branded bar there in the stadium and check us out next time you're in the stadium or, or any other bars there man order with some whiskey man and, and you know give me a shout tag me Let yeah me know what you think go take a shot after the raiders beat the jets coming up on sunday uh charles uh, i lied uh, I like one, one more thing special guest yeah. just walked into the studio and she's in front of a microphone amy i saw you on the monitor charles woodson this is amy mm-hmm. trask and i wrote them a note mm-hmm. saying tell charles woodson i love him not in a weird or creepy way. And they said, yeah. say hi to Charles yourself. So as I hear you discuss yeah. your bourbon, I just want to let Andrew know 
that Intercept Wine, Charles Woodson's mm-hmm. Intercept Wine, is the official wine of the Trask household. Oh. There you go. And I will also <laughs> admit to you that which Charles <laughs> continues to tease me about. It took me months to realize why he named it Intercept oh, come Wine. On. See, <laughs> really? Yeah, come it on, really Amy. did. It really did. And I was on the sideline for all his magnificent Raider interceptions. And I really do love you, That's Charles. Right. And now I'll butt out hey, of the I love show. You back. I love you back, man. Hey, uh, hey, Amy's been great to us, man. She makes sure that everyone knows about Intercept Wine. She posts the greatest pictures of our wine next to her her backdrop. She's got the ocean in the background, and, and man, she's giving me giving me great pub for Intercept. So I may have to hire Amy. I don't well, know. And every time I go into a store where they sell wine, I'll say really loudly, "Do you carry Intercept wine?" And if they say no, I get all huffy and puffy. And if they do, I make sure everyone in the store, I run around with it and show it to everybody. All right, well, now we're so going to get you to drink. I got you. Wow. Charles, you had our back when you were with the team. I got your back forever. Man, I love that. Thank you. And I always have your back. Always got the Raiders back. That was a great win for us the other night, Amy. And I'm hoping they keep it up as well as I know you do, too. Yep. Charles, we appreciate you getting back on here. You're a good dad. Waiting for the car pickup there. Um, good yes, luck. Sir. Good luck this Sunday. Good luck with uh, the wine and the bourbon and uh, everyone. Watch on MGM Plus NFL Icons with Charles Woodson, voiced by Rich Eisen, coming up on Saturday. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, Richard, sir. Hello. Coming up next, the world's most interesting former offensive lineman, Brian Baldinger, waiting in the wings. Straight ahead. You're watching the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Larry David, you are now the new commissioner of the National Football Really? Yes, congratulations. Are you kidding? There you go. Congratulations. This is a dream, okay? <laughs> I quit Curb Your Enthusiasm in a second if this is true. Okay. Okay. What do you do first as the commissioner of the National Football League, Larry David? Number one, mm-hmm. and I really don't care if people like it or not, mm-hmm. I'm losing the goalpost. <laughs> what? <laughs> why, why are there goalposts? Okay. Why why are kickers, mm-hmm. okay, who have, they don't have football skills. They, they're not football players. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're wonderful people, mm-hmm. but they're not football players. Why why, ha, why are they kicking a ball through goalposts to decide games? <laughs> it, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's a, first of all, goalposts are a relic from the old English rugby, I think. Okay. You know, when they used to actually run and, and kick a ball through goalposts, but they don't do that in the NFL. There's no need for goalposts. What? 
Wouldn't the game be better without him? Think about it. Why not just have leaping frogs to decide games? Have a see if a, see if a frog can leap through a, a, a little goalpost that you set up, okay, on the floor. And if the go, if the frog can leap through the goalpost, then then do that. What? Why kick it through a goalpost? Well, it's not called leaping frog ball. It's yeah. called football. Yes, so you're saying I, take the feet out of footballs? Is that what you're saying, Larry? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Why feet are deciding games and they shouldn't. Why should one player, mm -hmm. one player with this skill, like the guy on the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Justin why, Tucker, yeah. Why should this one player who does nothing but kick a ball mm -hmm. be deciding games when you have 52 other players mm -hmm. who are actually playing? Mm -hmm. And this one person, this 53rd person mm -hmm. is deciding games. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. Tuesday here on the Rich Eisen Show, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk. I'm Andrew Siciliano. This desk is furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. We have breaking news just handed me on the high speed newswire. Are you sitting down? Yes. Carson Wentz is signing with the Rams. <laughs> How about that? We Carson Wentz is signing with the Rams. We literally just talked about him last hour. And how the Giants wouldn't sign him because wouldn't you rather pick top five? Yes. Brian Baldinger is the world's most interesting former offensive lineman. He is also a Philly guy, if you will. My colleague at NFL Network, and he joins us now on the Rich Eisen Show. Baldy Carson Wentz to the Rams. There's so many ironies that hit me. Um, 2016, the Rams trade up, get the number one pick. They take Goff over Carson Wentz. Eagles trade up twice to get to the number two pick. There was a lot of close to the vest conversations. Who was going one, Wentz or Goff? Goff. And Carson Wentz is going to see Jared Goff this week as the Lions come to Los Angeles. Chris, uh, Carson Wentz got hurt in 2017 on his way to an MVP season at the Coliseum against the Rams. And I'm sure Sean McVay is saying, well, we brought Baker Mayfield in last year. He was a first-round pick. He won a game for us. Like, maybe I can reconstitute Carson Wentz to 2017 form. Maybe he's not all the way broken. Maybe there's something of a reclamation project here. I just have to catch my breath. <laughs> you're, so you're let, let, me, let, let me step back for a second. So Matthew Stafford didn't play this past Sunday. The Rams were awful. There's no other way to yes. say it. Offensively with Brent Rippon. They, they were just bad. Right. They, they just needed one or two plays in Green Bay. They didn't get them. And they lost. The, the sentiment from Sean McVay yesterday on the podium and then on his coach's show, which he does every Monday night with the voice of the Rams, good friend J.B. Long and good friend DeMarco Farr, was very positive. Rams are in a bye this week. Very positive that Matthew could come back next week after the bye. Now, nothing set in stone, but that, yeah, we kind of feel good about it. This, this leads me to ask, has there been a setback? Have they reevaluated Matthew's thumb and went, nah, Maybe he needs surgery now. Did something happen? Because if you think Stafford's going to be okay, you don't necessarily need Carson Wentz. Or maybe you say, the heck with it. The heck with it. We think we could put together a wild card run here, and we're not comfortable now that we've seen Brett Rippon in Green Bay. We need a legitimate backup. I don't know. Well, I think you need a legitimate backup. You know, we saw backups last week, Cleet and Toon. I mean, we saw support performances around the league from backup quarterbacks. Um, but, you know, the New York Giants, like, what are they – like, he's got to be better than Tommy DeVito. You know, I mean, just look at the backups that are playing. But I just believe philosophically, Andrew, in collecting quarterbacks. Like, like sometimes, look, when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, nobody knew how it was going to rankle Carson Wentz the way it did. And things went south in a hurry. Uh, but things didn't work out in Indianapolis or Washington for it either. But it's not like he's not a talented player. I've had general managers that drafted him 
in the personnel department in Philadelphia, saying that he was a human cyborg. Like, physically, you just don't see people like that. I think fundamentally he's very poor and needs a lot of work. But I don't see any harm in bringing him in. Matt Stafford's not going to be threatened by Carson no. Wentz. He's just not at this stage in his, his career. But why not just take a look and see what's there? And, you know, maybe he is, maybe he can't digest a playbook or he can't play with proper fundamentals. And you've got nothing to lose at this point. It's fascinating. Uh, our, our our friend Tom Pelissero, you were just on with him on NFL Network, says that, yeah, like what I said, Stafford, they're still hoping is back next week and that this is Carson Wentz as the backup behind Matthew Stafford. As you said, Baldy collect quarterbacks, hopefully make a run for the postseason here. It was a heartbreaking loss to the Steelers a couple of weeks ago when Kenny Pickett only needed nine yards for a first down. Clearly didn't get it. And then this past Sunday when they lost in Green Bay where they had no offense, bad weather game, the whole thing was was just bad. Well, Carson Wentz now, the number two. Baldy, also, speaking of bad, not to pile on, yeah. but you heard Troy Aikman in the fourth quarter, really the first quarter as well, how, how just unwatchable the Jets were last night. But he made the point, Troy did, Baldy, at the, at the end of the game, that even if Aaron Rodgers miraculously came back in December, this isn't a good team. He said no. it's a bad team with a good defense. Do you buy that? Yeah, I mean, look, they, they can't put an offense line together, Andrew. Uh, you know, last night, Zach Wilson dropped back 57 times. You know, we sacked eight of them, lost a couple fumbles. I mean, it was just ugly. Uh, we see that around the league, though. You know, good defense is just, you know, sacking bad offenses, and it, it becomes unwatchable. I saw Baltimore do it to Seattle last week. I, You know, I saw Cleveland do it to Arizona this week. I mean, we, we've all watched these games. You know, the Giants just unwatchable when – so, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers was in that lineup last night, I'm sure they would have played better. But if Joey Bosa is beating the right tackle the way he was beating the right tackle last night, um, Aaron Rodgers isn't going away from anybody, whether he comes back from this injury or not. Um, he's not getting away from the rush that was sieging or sacking, you know, Zach Wilson last night. Um, they got to get a lot better up front, and I don't know that they have the people to do it, Andrew. They just can't keep anybody healthy. It was a bizarre switch of taking Max Mitchell, the right tackle, and put him at right guard. Never played there before. Joe Tipman made his first start at center. You know, you got your right, Billy Turner in there at right tackle who struggled. I mean, they can't get five healthy offensive linemen on that group right now. And so, yeah, you'd love to run Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in some combination, but it's hard to run it when it's third and seven. Baldy, how demoralizing is it to a locker room when your defense holds the quarterback, the other quarterback? and not just any quarterback, Justin Herbert, yes. to 136 yards, you hold them under 200 total yards of offense, and you lose, but not only do you lose, the game's not close. Yeah. It's demoralizing, and I know guys in that defense, you know, pretty good. And, look, they're 4-4, four and four, so they're not out of it. You know, they can, they can make a, you know, they can make a run. But, you know, a lot of those guys, not, you know, say Quinn Williams, all he's done as a Jet, even though he got a $100 million contract, all he's done is lose. Like, you know, in, in New York, that's that's all he's experienced. Uh, and so they lose the final six games last year. They lose a game at home. It's just horrible. You know, you don't have, like, you're just playing your best, playing your guts out. But C.J. Mosley, Quinnen Williams, like some of these guys, that's all they've experienced since they've been in, in New York. And it is demoralizing. And you wonder... If they wonder, can this thing get better? Because they go against that offense line every day. And they understand the weaknesses and the inexperience and lack of cohesiveness. And so they've got some star players, but they can't really get the ball to them. Talking in front of the program, our good friend here, Brian Baldinger. Want to go back to Sunday, Baldy, if we can. Uh, I yeah. mentioned Philly guy here. You know, what we saw Sunday night is seemingly like every end of situation end of game situation for the Cowboys the Eagles find a way to do the right things at the end of games the Cowboys do not find a way to do the right things at the end of games how do you teach a team how to do things at the end of the game I know that that, that sounds so childish yeah. the way I said it but it's the same movie every time I guess is what I'm getting to yeah but it, it never comes down to the final player the final drive Andrew like you know fourth and one you got to score in this league. The Eagles have found a way to score in fourth and one. Like everybody knows what the play is. It's never, uh, it, it's never a secret. 
the Cowboys are fourth and one at the one, and they come away with nothing. So I agree with Mike, go for the touchdown. They run a mirrored routes down at the bottom. They execute the route perfectly against man coverage. Up at the top, they don't. And so it still comes down to the details and detailing your business. Like it was a poor pick by Jake Ferguson to get Schoon over free. Now, you know, you could have gone to the other side and Brandon Cooks would have walked into the end zone wide open. But, you know, look, the quarterback's got to make a decision pre-snap where to go with the ball. He went to the uh, up top and they didn't execute the play properly. But they have struggled in the red zone all year, Andrew. The Eagles did two for a while and then they figured it out and they're playing much better. They were three for three in the red zone last week. They designed better plays than the Cowboys do in the red zone. Maybe the Cowboys should copy some of the Eagles' plays because they're really creative, they're different, but they work. And the Cowboys have, you know, they're at 29th in the league in red zone offense right now. It's it, it's hampering the way that they go up and down the field and to see CD have that game that they have and Ferguson have the game that they have and not be able to finish those drives is limiting right now. So they miss Kellen Moore. Well, either that or Zeke Elliott. You know, I mean, Zeke was a finisher. You know, fourth and one, there was only one guy over the last seven years that was going to get the ball. That was Zeke. You know, they don't, I don't know that they have, I don't know that Pollard or anybody they have is that kind of a back right now. Baldy, you are doing Browns Ravens coming up Sunday on the radio, heading to Baltimore. Uh, Brockman over here, you remember Chris Brockman? Brockman over yes. here had the, what is it, Ravens are the best team in the NFL overreaction I did, question yeah, yesterday. Ravens, best team in the NFL. Baldy, are the Baltimore Ravens the best team in the NFL? Maybe I'm going to answer that, Andrew, but maybe I'm going to make another statement that I almost believe in after watching Baltimore last week, that maybe the NFC is just a bunch of frauds. The yeah. NFC. And every time they go up against an elite Whoa. AFC defense, they just crumble, whether it's San Francisco or Seattle or Detroit. Like, they see these defenses that are just powerfully built. The Ravens lead the league in sacks, giving up the fewest points. They've got four of their nine games this year, Andrew. They haven't given up a touchdown. They make Seattle look like they're a bottom feeder in this business. I don't know that Baltimore has a weakness right now. And Lamar is having a lot of fun. And they still haven't completely figured things out offensively. They they still are not hitting deep balls like the way you'd like to hit that you got to do in big games. But other than that, it's hard to find a weakness on that football team right now. When you say the NFC, they're all a bunch of frauds. Do you mean the Eagles as well? Or do you mean beyond the Eagles? Well, I mean, look, the Eagles lost to the Jets. You know, they turned it over four times against an elite defense. Good point. You know, I mean, so we'll see Kansas City a week from Monday night here, Andrew, and we'll, we'll get a better test. I know the Eagles felt like as soon as they walked off that field in uh, Arizona last year that they owed Kansas City one. Like, it's a little late to pay back a Super Bowl, but, like, that's how they feel about it. But we'll find out because Kansas City is one of those elite defenses. Miami just saw it this weekend. Um, they're, they're as good as anybody because they can play every style of defense you want. And they've got to prove a coordinator that knows how to win big games. So uh, that'll be a great test for Philadelphia. And we'll find out a little bit more about that fraud statement. I mean, look at the Bengals, 4-0 against the NFC West. They beat the Niners in Santa Clara. They beat the Seahawks in Cincinnati when the Seahawks were absolutely worthless in the red zone. All they needed was to punch it in once at the end of the second quarter and at the yep. fourth quarter, and they couldn't yep. do it. As a Browns fan, Baldy, you know I am. It makes me even more frustrated that the Browns couldn't convert the uh, what the third and three, fourth and three, whatever it was in Seattle because they had that yep. game won. They couldn't tackle in the first quarter, couldn't tackle in the fourth quarter, but with P.J. Walker should have stolen one there in Seattle. Alas, they did not. But well, yeah. they, put the, they, put, they put the Seahawks offense to sleep for the better part of three quarters yeah, in that game. Totally. Outside the first two scores, I mean, they just shut them down. They couldn't do anything. And Geno's, look, I love Geno, but four straight games, was it five straight games with multiple turnovers? So, obviously, they got to find something here. Baldy, um, I joked before, I always joke this, you joke about this, you know this, I always introduce you by saying, you're the world's most interesting offensive lineman, and I tell people, um, obviously check out your Instagram, you're like the yeah. like the world traveler, the international traveler, I like to do it a little bit as well, and I've made the joke that like, if I say to you, hey Baldy, I'm going here in the offseason, yeah. that there's no place that I can name that you haven't been, and not only have you been there, like you know everybody there, you're telling me where to go, and where to eat, and who to ask for, so, and what to do. 
So yeah. where should I go this offseason, Baldy? Well, I was just going to say, if we were in Frankfurt right now, getting mm-hmm. ready for this big matchup yeah. between India and New England, I would take you to the Steiner house. Okay. The hot stone, right? Where they give you a hot stone and you cook your meat or your fish or your shrimp on the stone. Like you're the chef, you know, and then they have all the trimmings and all the big steins and all that kind of stuff. But that's where I would have every meal in Frankfurt. Okay. Rich is in Berlin today. He took a side trip during the week. Where should Rich go in Berlin tonight? We'll, We'll send this along. Uh, Any no, idea? Vandenberg's Gate. You know, you got to go see the gate. Yeah, he did you that know, already. Like, you yeah. got a restaurant, a bar, uh, no, you know, an Olympic underground Stadium East is, German disco. Uh, well, I mean, the disco, like, the disco era never ended in Berlin. It's the only city in the world. I, You know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this. They, I think they built a new airport in Berlin. But the last time I was there, I was flying to Majorca out of Berlin. <laughs> and um, I remember, this is not that long ago, Andrew. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a big German destination, Mayorka. Yes. Okay, they love to go to Palma. But um, they also love Ibiza. The plane, the, the plane Air Berlin still had a smoking section. And the smoking section was on the other side of the aisle that was non smoking. So one side of the aisle was smoking, the other side of the aisle was non smoking. Figure that one out. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I, I've been to the old Berlin airport, which which oh. doesn't feel much bigger than this room. Yes. Right. Tiny. Um, yeah. I went to Mallorca a, couple, Mallorca a couple of years ago. I flew through Barcelona, which is a fantastic airport. It's like a 19-minute flight. Literally, yeah. like you're up and down in 19 yeah. minutes. Something yeah. absurd. Like, Baldy, I'm convinced that if I told you I was going to the dark side of the moon this summer, you would know a bar. Yeah. Yeah, we we, we, we find a place there. There's There's something going on. Um, out there on the dark side that is always dark at some point during the day. (laughs) And that's when it's open. Baldy, we love you. We appreciate you juggling your schedule today. And um, my pleasure, buddy. I miss you. Hopefully see you soon somewhere on the road. Okay, bud. Yep. Talk to you, Andrew. Brian Baldinger, everybody. The world's most interesting former offense. Absolute legend. Legend. uh, Period. Seriously, 10 years ago, I'm like, Baldy, I'm doing Kilimanjaro. All right. So in Moshi, you got to go to like the third light. <laughs> it's never working. It's past the grocery store. Okay. Turn left. Turn left. And there's a great place to watch the World Cup. There's a bar. You're I like, went. Like what? Yeah. And it yeah. was. Seriously. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Amazing. Because he's that guy. Yep. He's truly amazing. All right. Uh, if you want tickets to a game, like maybe Baldy tells you where to go. You should use game time. It it cures all your frustrating ticket-buying experiences, okay? Download the GameTime app, browse through it, check it out. It's a game, it's a show, it's a concert, whatever it is you want to go to. GameTime is the place to find your tickets to that game or show or concert. And the best part about it, we have a promo code for you. Rich, R-I-C-H, Rich, 20 bucks off your very first purchase. Restrictions apply, obviously. Visit GameTime.co for terms. All you got to do is download the GameTime app, open up an account, and put in R-I-C-H for 20 bucks off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Coming down the stretch. Final thoughts on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 
said I wanted to bring a guest on, I'm like, well, I want to bring on who I wanted to be when I was a kid. And that was an offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I've got been fortunate enough to get to know Mitchell and know what, what a good guy he is and what a great player he is. So I wanted to share this moment with, uh, with the right tackle for the Chiefs, my favorite football team. Not that I need to tell anybody that. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really cool. I got to know him, uh, I guess, at the end of last year, and uh, we headed off right away. We, we both of, like food. We both like food. We have a lot of shared interests. He asked me where I got my meat, and we go to the same meat guy. He goes uh, to the same butcher here in Kansas City. I said, hey, serious question, though, Mitch, where do you where do you buy your meat in Kansas City? He's like, oh, this place called Bicklemeyer's. And I'm like, okay, you're in. You're good. So, because I know how seriously you take your Kansas City uh, food. Yeah. You guys go to the same butcher here. We do. Yeah. In the city. Yeah. yeah. Which so, is, I mean, when I got here, I like to cook. Um, I was confined to an apartment in my previous life, and I got here. I got a house, got a whole backyard set up. I mean, this guy's got the greatest backyard setup you could ever imagine for cooking, and he's sending me videos all the time, different different stuff to try. And um, the, the text exchange between <laughs> me and him and some of his other offensive linemen are, that are into smoking is hilarious like one night i put a brisket on and it was like we were kind of coordinating with the time difference of putting a brisket on around the same time and i woke up to check my brisket and texted mitch at four in the morning la time which was kansas city 6 a.m time and i told Lindsay, my girlfriend i'm like i texted mitchell schwartz in the middle of the night about a brisket like what and is I going responded. on <laughs> <He> responded. <laughs> for no reason i was up at that exact time and we were because i was doing a brisket the next night so we kind of throw ideas off each other see see what we do i think he was doing like a 24-hour oh yeah super slow got all jiggly hour. and gooey and the bark was perfect down the stretch we come on the rich eisen show here how we doing everybody doing great uh, aaron Rodgers. Uh, hey i'm sorry i didn't let you answer go ahead please i i do that all the time i I'm, said I'm how do- are you doing i'm doing great Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. you? But I, I have to work on that. Sometimes I ask a question like, how are you doing? And then I don't wait to answer because I you, do care. You don't care. That's no, 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 no. I do, I do care. Just doing the thing. But that is a pet peeve of mine where somebody asks me and then I try to give an answer. And then you realize they're already on to their next thing. It was just a formality. <laughs> yeah. It's annoying as all hell. What Where is A.A. Ron right now? But I was about to tell you, um, Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Jets for The Athletic, just tweeted, Aaron Rodgers is speaking, I believe, on that other show, uh, asked if the Jets' record will factor into a potential comeback. Quote, I have a lot of faith in our guys, and I feel like we're going to be in the mix for sure. That is a very small part of the thought process. Obviously, we've got to be in the mix. There's no doubt about that. Said it's more the rehab and the recovery than the record. Mm. Okay. Stay tuned. Also on the uh, Rams, their their stunning signing of Carson Wentz with it this last hour. If you're just joining us, I guess in retrospect, when you step back, it really shouldn't be stunning. The hey, former, you were blown away. <laughs> the former second overall pick, a quarterback, is out there. I mean, teams need quarterbacks. Right. There is yeah. just this this idea that Carson Wentz, nobody wants it because it, it went so poorly last year in Washington. It went so poorly in December two years ago for Indianapolis. People just thought, forget about it. Forget about it. Uh, Matthew Stafford is thought to be ready to be back next week. That was a little wordy. They think Matthew Stafford's going to play next week. Nothing has changed from what I am told. Sean McVay said last night, which is. They're optimistic, and he was being sincere. Optimistic that he will be back. Matthew Stafford will be next week after the bye. Carson Wentz is going to be the backup because they saw Brett Rippon last week, and that ain't it. All due respect to the nephew of the former Super Bowl MVP. So, wow. Okay, there's that. Wanted to get this thing in here as well. Because I'm not here tomorrow. Susie's hosting the show tomorrow. And thanks, Susie, for bringing donuts and RJ for bringing cookies. Man, man, what a sugary, awesome breakfast I had today. Um, I am back on Friday, but I want to throw this in as well. Um, I am a native Virginian. My brother and my sister-in-law went to James Madison University. So did greats like Charles Haley and Gary Clark, the former Washington wide receiver. 
James Madison is 9-0 and ranked number 21 in the nation. Yeah, James Madison, they are an FBS team now. After years of success at lower-level football, they are now in their second year moving up to FBS. They're in the Sun Belt. They were really good last year behind Todd Centeno, behind Todd Centeno at quarterback. This year, they have maybe the... I mean, they have a great defensive guy. I can't remember the kid's name. Leading the nation in sacks, just got hurt yesterday. He's out for the year. But anyway, I digress. They are not bowl eligible. They're not. But they have sent a packet, a, a, a stack of documents and documentation to the NCAA today to say, can we get in a bowl game? Please? As it stands, the only way they are eligible is if they're like a last second fill-in like all the bowl eligible teams take their spots and then someone decides because of scandal or because of covid or whatever they can't field the team then james madison can get the tap and they could go i guarantee you they're gonna say no because that's what the ncaa does this one is easy all they have to do is say we're following the rules you cannot go because the rule is when you transition to FBS, you got to wait two years before you're bowl eligible. Two years sitting out. There is absolutely no reason that JMU, the Dukes, Harrisonburg, Virginia, cannot and should not go to a bowl game. And not just because I'm sick of my brother's Saturday night text every week <laughs> saying hashtag free JMU. <laughs> That's not why. And congratulations again to Seth for running a 259.55 new york city marathon this past sunday free jmu everybody who does it hurt other than a power five school that needs a payday with right. your six wins we're bowl eligible but it's an embarrassment that we're taking your money to show up on december 19th to fill three and a half hours on espn school one of those schools ncaa doesn't Want to deny them their check, do you? Free JMU. Okay? Okay. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to Jason. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks to TJ. Thanks to Hoskins. Quick Giants Thanks to RJ, move. Sarah, Liz, Erica. What? Giants are signing Jacob Eason to the practice squad. Okay. There you go. <laughs> he should probably start. <laughs> Quote the old ESPN fantasy show. Or add championship. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. I'm Andrew. So long, everybody. Susie's in here tomorrow. See you.